Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Glad to do so. Risen King. Aren't you? We're going to be looking in Acts chapter number two this morning. We're going to be, uh, last week we looked at uh, being changed by the Spirit of God. And we looked at, uh, you know, the Spirit can make you a pillar. It can make you strong, make you steadfast. The Spirit can make you, or the Spirit will make you peculiar where people, you may act a little odd compared to what everybody else thinks. If, you follow, if you're following Christ wholeheartedly, the Spirit can, will make you a prophet. You can proclaim what God's done for you, and the Spirit will make you a promise. He's given us a promise that He will be with us always. I'm glad for that, and we'll continue with Peter's message today in Acts chapter number in Acts chapter number two. This morning, I don't know. I was told that things is going to be a little bit different this morning on Wednesday night when we were down with the youth. We looked in Revelation chapter number five, and we looked at the worship that was happening in heaven down in Revelation chapter five, and we saw. Then in Revelation 5, the first thing that you uh, that you see happen there is the 24 elders, they bow before God. And you know, if we ever really worship here in this place, the first thing we're going to need to do is we're going to need to surrender, right? And uh, some may say, well, why do y'all always start out with prayer? You know what we need to be doing first? Surrendering. And some may even say, well, why do y'all do that praying at the altar thing? That's kind of old-fashioned, and nobody does that anymore. Yeah, you're probably right. You know, it kind of goes back to that thing we talked about last week, the Spirit making you a little bit peculiar, right? And I don't know about you, Skip, but sometimes for me, my pride gets in the way, and I just need to get down on my knees. You know? You like that, Joe? That's the way I am. You know? I'm just I'm telling you the truth, right? I mean, I'm not... Uh, and so that's why we start out that way. We need to surrender first. But then it says that the 24 elders and those around him started singing. And I just think what I think we've worshipped this morning in singing, right? But then after that, the Bible said the angels begin to <coughs> say with a loud voice. And one thing you'll never see in the just little tidbit. All this is just for free. This ain't part of the message, right? Just, just, just throwing this in bonus. Right, Charlie? You'll never see in Scripture where angels sing. Okay? They always talk. People sing. Angels, you never see where they sing. They'll always say something. And actually, the word they're used, it said they say with a loud voice. There, there are, uh, actually that loud comes where we get our word mega. And you know really what they were doing? They were shouting, right? They were shouting. So we had surrender 
we had singing. You know, the next thing they did after they surrendered and had singing, they started shouting. And I told the kids, I said, you know, every once in a while, somebody ought to just shout amen, right? You know, glory to God. Right, John, shouldn't they? Right, James, shouldn't they do that? You know, and they, and Levi told me, Levi, you're having a rough time getting up my pumps. <laughs> but Levi said, yeah, I'm going to just shout amen today, you know. Right? You, you forgot that, Levi. So, you know, before that, when it's time, you know, whatever. Levi was one of the biscuit makers this morning, him and Jesse back there. Y'all missed it if you missed the. You missed those Jesse and Levi biscuits. You missed corrections this morning. But, you know what? We want to worship him today, right? And as we look here in the passage today, we're going to be looking at Peter preaches Jesus. You know, as we go on through, he first began to give them an answer, and he preached a message out of the book of Joel. And he told them what the Spirit was doing in the lives of those folks around. And then he goes on in what we'll see today. He begins to tell them what Jesus did and how Jesus can change their life. And you know, for us today, if we are a follower of Christ, we should be living our life in such a way that others, we should be living that life that's peculiar. We should be living that life as a prophet. We should be living that life trusting on God's promises where others are going to look at us and say, well, why is it that you're acting the way you are? And then we can see where we can proclaim Jesus to them. And let's look at what Peter did as far as when he proclaimed Jesus. We'll preach from verse 22 through 41 is the plan. But we'll start by reading verse 22 through 24. And in reverence to God's word, everyone that will, let's stand and let's, uh, as we read the passage, as we read God's word this morning. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2 and verse 22, Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you, by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did through him in your midst, as you yourself also know. Him being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hands, have crucified and put to death, whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be held by it. Let's all pray. Lord, I just pray today as we look in your word, God. Lord, I pray you would be exalted. Lord, I want this service to be about you. Not about me. <coughs> Lord, I want this service, Lord, to glorify you. Lord, in such a way that, Lord, if there's someone here that does not know you, God, that can draw me. Lord, those here who have come discouraged, God, I pray they see you lifted up and be encouraged. God, those who have come that are far from you, God, that they've been drawn back by your love. God, I pray for your unction. God, I just pray 
for your wisdom. God, I pray for your strength. God, I pray that you put a guard about me, God, that everything that's said will be what you would have to be said. Lord, if there's anything that would hinder this service this morning, God, I pray you remove it. God, I know we're in a battle, Lord. God, I pray we'd be faithful soldiers, soldiers to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all can be seated. You know, as we look at this passage today, Jesus preaching, Peter preaching Jesus, he preached totally about Jesus from this point on in the message. And the first thing I'd like us to see is that Jesus preached, Peter preached Jesus' demonstration by God. Everything we'll see here in this passage is what God did through Jesus, and he did this Peter was trying to show them that Jesus was the Messiah. He was the Son of God. Or maybe I should say Jesus is the Messiah, that he is the Son of God. He is the prophesied one, the one that was said before that he would come to remove and take away their sin. You know, today, we could look 20 years ago, and it would have been almost unnecessary to try to preach and convince people that Jesus was the Messiah. He was God's Son. Because it seemed like everyone just thought, yes, Jesus was God's Son. You know, today, in the culture we live in, we need to know that Jesus is God's Son. Right? Levi, go ahead and say amen right there. That's a good place right there. Jesus is God's son. You know, it's not politically correct to declare that he's the only way of salvation. But he is the only way of salvation. It's only what Christ has done on the cross. That's where, where Peter comes back today and he preaches to them Jesus. You know, first he looked, we can see, we can see Jesus' demonstration by God. The Bible says men of Israel hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God. I don't know about y'all, but I wasn't exactly sure what that word meant, attested by God. You know, I, I don't usually use that uh, in the way I talk. And I was thinking, what does that mean, attested by God? I looked up several other uh, translations of Scripture. In the older King James, it says a man approved by God. In the uh, ESV, it says a man attested to you by God. In the New Living Translation, it said God publicly endorsed Jesus. And I went and I, I started really trying to get a hold of that and see. And I went back and looked in the Greek just to try to figure out what that exactly meant. And really, in the Greek, that word attested, it means to declare, to show to prove what kind of person anyone is, to prove by arguments, it says to demonstrate. You know what God was doing? He was demonstrating who Jesus was through his miracles. But for me, just the way I kind of think and the way I am and where I've been through in my life, I went back and actually that word comes from two 
words. And the two Greek words that are put together to make up that word means, one of them means all, and the other one means show. To show off. Anybody know, anybody know what that means to show off? Huh? My granny used to say, well, you're just showing off. Right? You ever heard, you ever had that said to you, Charlie? You know, when you was a little kid, you was acting up, or you was, you know, you was doing something, it was more than, well, you're just showing up. Or maybe you, maybe they might have said to you, you're showing out. Anybody ever heard that? You're just showing out. You know what the Bible's saying right here? When you go back to the Greek, God, through Jesus, through the miracles and signs he did, all God was doing is showing out. <laughs> He's just showing off. Think about it. Here there's 5,000 of their hungry folks. Nobody ain't got anything to eat. Jesus been preaching all day. Some of y'all by doing the message like, yeah, he did too. But anyway, Jesus been preaching all day. Ready to go eat. And Jesus said, let's go ahead and feed them. Let's just have a dinner. Y'all think I do things off the cuff. Jesus at the end of the message just said, hey, you know, how about us having a dinner here? What we got to feed these folks? They say, there's just one little fella here. With two fish and five loaves of bread. God just said, let's just show out. There you go. <laughs> let's just feed them all with that. You know what they did? That's what they did. Jesus walking along, fella blind. From birth. Said Jesus. Said son of David. Have mercy on me. And they said hush. He's busy. God said let's just show out a little bit more. Give him sight. Killing lepers. Killing others. Peter said Jesus come on over to my house. My mother-in-law is sick. Jesus healed God said, let's just show out a little bit. Let's just show who Jesus is. Let's show who Christ is. You know what Peter said? You can know that Jesus is the Messiah because the miracles and the great things he did while he was here on earth. God showed out through him. He showed what great things he could do, what great power he could do through Jesus. But then, you know, as we look here, not only do we see that as far as God demonstrating through Jesus, his demonstration. If we go on down, it says in verse 23, him being delivered by the determined purpose. You know, it wasn't just a maybe so or think so, but here as we look in the Greek, it was God's determined plan. It wasn't an accident. That Jesus showed up in Jerusalem that day, and they just happened to catch him and go to crucify him. God already had it planned, directing it that Jesus was going to come and die for us. Amen. 
it wasn't a defeat, it was a great victory. The defeat would have been if Jesus had not went to the cross. But here, it was God's determined purpose, His plan from the beginning. It, God had that plan in place. But not only do we see Peter preach Jesus in his demonstration by God, we see Peter preach Jesus' resurrection by God. Verse 24, whom God raised, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be held by him. You know, there, it was a matter that Jesus had to rise. <laughs> Death could not hold him. God showed that Jesus was his son because he came up out of the tomb. He came up, he, he lives today. And Peter goes on and gives four proofs of how we know that Jesus rose from the dead, that he was the Messiah. You know, first, in verse 25, we can see us through the prophecy in the past. Verse, uh, He says in verse 25, for David says concerning him, and we're reading right here, or Peter reads here in Psalm 16. And as I said this morning in the sunrise service, you know, I never have really thought about this before, but if you look at where Jesus talked to his apostles, it said that he preached, he went and he talked from the, from the law, from the prophets, and the psalms, and he preached who he was. And I just wonder, Peter, at this point, I think all he probably did is said, well, this is what Jesus said back there. I was going to tell him what Jesus said about himself. Here he says, I foresaw the Lord always before my face. For he is at my right hand, that I may not be shaken. Therefore my heart rejoiced, and my tongue was glad. Moreover, my flesh also will rest in hope, for you will not leave my soul in Hades, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You have made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of joy in your presence. presence. Men and brethren, let me speak freely to you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. Therefore, being a prophet, and knowing that God had sworn an oath to him, that the fruit of his body, according to the flesh, he would raise up the Christ to sit on his throne. He, foreseeing this, spoke concerning the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. You know what Peter was saying? He read this passage from the psalm that where it said You're, that you will not leave my soul in Hades. And that word Hades from the Greek, it is Hades and it's sometimes translated in some translations hell or it's translated the grave. And here he said David in the Psalms said you won't leave my soul in the grave. Or I won't see corruption. And here's what Peter came back and told them. He said David could not have been talking about his son. Why? Because David's dead and he's still in the grave. And I can 
He said he was talking about Jesus. <laughs> because he was dead, but now you can't take someone to his grave because he's not there anymore. He's gone. He's risen. He said, we know that Jesus was the Messiah. Because David said the Messiah would never see corruption in the grave if Jesus was arisen from the dead. He never saw corruption in the grave. Verse number 32, we see because of witnesses, Jesus had risen from the dead. This Jesus God has raised up, of which we are all witnesses. We can know the resurrection is true because people at that time saw Jesus walking around where alive after the after him uh, after the resurrection, after he'd been dead and uh, arose from the dead. Verse 33. We can see and know that Christ is the Messiah. The resurrection is true because of Pentecost. Therefore, being exalted the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this which you now see and hear. You know what that really means to me? You know Jesus is alive because of the way some of us act. Right. That's what he was saying. And you know, I'm afraid the reason the world does not know Jesus is alive is because of the way some of us act. Right? Huh? It's sad in some churches there's more joy at the funeral home than there are in the church. Just go ahead and say amen or old me or something. Right? We need to be Let's go back to what we talked about at the beginning. We have not even just you know the part I throwed in for free, Charlie. Right? Let's talk about that worship play again. There needs to be surrender, singing, and shouting, glorifying God. Right? And too many times in the church, all we want to do is sit and sulk. Right? <laughs> Look like we've been sucking on a pickle or something. Right? Hmm? Well, we should be praising God. Instead of just sired up about everything else that's happening in your life. Amen. Peter said, you can know the resurrection truth because look how I'm acting. Right? Why would I be acting this way if the resurrection wasn't true? Amen. You know, for us today, why would people be willing to give so much if the resurrection wasn't true? It's because they know and they've experienced the risen Savior. You know, if we go on, we can see the resurrection we know is true because of the ascension of Christ. For David did not ascend into heaven, but he says himself, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Jesus, God had declared that Jesus was Lord of all. You know, we can see that Peter preached that Jesus was demonstrated by God. Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus was by God. And then the last thing we can see is that Peter preaches Jesus' exaltation by God. And really, we need to jump back up to verse 33. He said, therefore being exalted to the right hand of God. Jesus was exalted to the right hand of God. Going on, jumping on down to verse 36. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly 
that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. God made him Lord in Christ. You know, we look over in Philippians chapter 2, and Paul told the Philippians, he said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking on the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. He, he humbled himself and came for our sin. But then in verse 6, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore God has also highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow. Of those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. You know, God exalted Christ. Peter was showing them that Jesus was the Messiah. He was the Christ. You know, look, and Ruth, where did everything conclude at that point? Peter comes back. You know, I've heard people say, yeah, I can tell when you're about done. Because you kind of slow down. You kind of bring that thing into a landing, you know. You know what you told me, Skip? <laughs> we're bringing it into a landing. Right? We're bringing it uh, Somebody told me that, right, Skip? They know what to say. Anyway, no. <laughs> well, what did Peter bring? When he brought, started bringing it in, he said, now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. And Peter and the rest of the apostles, and Peter said, and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? You know, as Peter preached, the Holy Spirit began to convict Peter. And he said, what am I going to do? You know, today, I hope as I proclaim what Christ, who Jesus is, God spoke to your heart. You may be saying, what am I going to do? You know what Peter comes back? said, Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. And you shall receive the gift of the Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off as many as the Lord our God will call. You know what Peter said there? He said you need to repent and then he said you need to be baptized. And some would come back and say well baptism is part of salvation. And if you're not careful don't read the scripture in context just from this verse you may think that that's part of it. Let me tell you what, Peter, as we go on down, what we'll see, it said, and with many other words, he testified and exhorted them. You know what else? Let me go back and just go ahead and say one thing. Peter didn't shut up preaching there. He started bringing it in. And you know what happened? He got excited and just went another round. That's what he did, right? I'm not going to do that. That's what he did. That's what he brought, you know, said with many other things. 
He preaches a little longer. Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. You know what salvation is? Wouldn't he be glad to receive his word? You know what who the word is? It's Jesus, right? He is the word of God. As we see in John chapter number one. You say, well, what does that mean early? You know what it really means? Just kind of putting it down. What Peter come back and said, he said, each one of you repent and let every one of you be baptized. You know what he was trying to say? I think, what is baptism? Baptism is an outward expression of a decision you've made. Right? That's what baptism is. We show that, yes, I have trusted Christ as my Savior, and I will let everybody know that this is what I'm, the decision I've made. You know what Peter was saying to them? He said, repent. He said, you need to first repent your sin. You need to follow Christ. And then he said, you need to, you need to make sure everybody, you need to demonstrate what you've done. You need to prove it. You know, too many times I think in Christians' lives, we say that we follow Christ, and if somebody said prove it, we'd say we can't because we still act like the world. Right? But Peter was basically telling them, repent and prove it. Make a commitment. You know, that's what we need to do today. We need to repent. We need to trust Christ as our Savior. Then we need to prove it to the world that that's what we've done. Right? That's what he said. Then come being baptized. Then he came back and he told them. He said, what? Everyone that gladly received his word, they were baptized. They followed Christ's notice. Look, thousands rallied in the church that day. You know, today, who is Jesus to you? Who is he to you? Let's, let's go one step further. Because it's easy for us to say who Jesus is to you, to me. The person that's closest to you, that knows you the most intimately, who would they say Jesus is to you? Your friends, who would they say Jesus is to you? Demonstrating that Jesus has made a difference in your life. As Peter preached, he tried to show everyone there that God was telling him that Jesus was the Messiah. He was his son. He was the one that could make a difference in their life. God proved it to them first through the miracles he did through Jesus. He proved it to them through the resurrection. He proved it to them through exalted Christ lifting him up. I think God has done everything he can to show us who Jesus is.
really comes back to us. Are we going by faith to trust Him? You know, this morning, you've never trusted Him as your Savior. I invite you to come and make that decision. You say, what I need to do? You know, if you'll come down and we'll pray with you. Really, it's a matter of realizing first that you are a sinner. You have sin in your life. And Jesus is the only way that you can be forgiven. Confessing Him that He is God. He is Lord. He is the one, the promised one that can forgive our sins. You say, how do I confess? You know the best way I know to confess? Is pray. Just tell God, God, I'm messed up. You are the Lord. You are the one that I'm going to put my faith and trust in. You're the one that I'm going to follow from here on out. You know, you may be here discouraged. Maybe you can come pray that you receive encouragement from God. You may be here and say, I've trusted Christ as my Savior, but I've never been baptized. You may need to make that decision today. You say, I want to follow, I want to show the world the decision I've made. Whatever you're doing, we're going to have a prayer and we're going to sing a song. And as we sing, the altar reopens. You'd like to come and pray. Lord, I just pray that you would work in lives of people. Lord, if there's someone here today that does not know, God, I pray they would experience your love today. God, I pray you give them courage. Lord, I trust you. God, I just pray for those discouraged. God, I pray for those who fall from you. God, I pray for each one of us here, God, we would be close to you. In Jesus' name, let's all see. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.